0: M. S. W. Media. News with swearing. the beans, silly
1: beans. the beans, silly beans.
0: welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, January 27th, 2021. Today, the U.S. attorney in the District of Columbia is moving forward with sedition charges for those who attacked the Capitol on January 6th. Senate Republicans try to stop the impeachment trial from moving forward, but the vote failed. Joe Biden signs new executive orders addressing racial inequity, while a federal judge puts a temporary restraining order on another of Biden's executive orders. Biden has his first call with President Putin. The Pentagon is now blaming the Black Lives Matter protest for the slow National Guard response to the insurrection. And Mitch McConnell folds on the Senate power sharing agreement without concessions. I'm AG. And I'm Dana Goldberg.
2: Hey, Dana, how are you? Oh, AG, I'm doing okay. Better than yesterday. Uh, Yesterday, I hit a pandemic wall. I was not a happy camper at night, but I I shed some tears and made some dinner and watched Atypical and I felt better. (laughs) So I... Love that show! It's by brilliant. The way. Yeah, I think it's really well done. Very funny. Very, very funny.
0: It is so well written, and I I love that show. I just picked up one of the podcasts from the vet, and he's all oh. woozy and got big saucery eyes from his pain meds. He had to have his teeth cleaned, and he had oh. to have a couple extracted because you know he's very old. Um, but he's doing well. So if I seem a little like if my attention seems elsewhere i'm just thinking about my
2: poor boy right now well also when we get to the pod pet techs if you start tearing up we'll know why (laughs) yeah but he's okay he made it through he's doing well yay and
0: uh, i always get nervous when when he has to go in under anesthesia for anything but he's he's good so boobs says hi to everyone (laughs) And uh, today on the show, I'm going to be talking to Ellie Honig, CNN legal analyst, a friend of ours, former federal and state prosecutor. We're going to talk about the impeachment defense, Donald Trump's defense, and the Republicans' defense and their excuses. We're going to talk about about the temporary restraining order on halting deportations for 100 days and about how the D.C. U.S. attorney is moving to charge insurrectionists with sedition. And you know how a couple of days we reported they were considering not charging some folks? Well, yeah. they've... Because of some public backlash, thanks to folks like our listeners, uh, they uh, have changed their mind. They're going to move forward with it. Even if you were just standing outside the Capitol, not insurrecting, you're going to get charged with a misdemeanor. So. Uh, We're going to talk about that and the mechanics of that. And then I wanted to also bring up the fact that we were going to move our stereo chat to Thursday at 5, but we can't do that yet this week. So we're going to have it again Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And then the following week, we're going to be moving it. um, The first week of February, we're going to be moving that live stereo chat to uh, 5 p.m. on Thursdays. It'll be me and Dana. We're going to talk about joke around, swear, maybe have a glass of wine. Um And uh, I really enjoy those. And so just download the free stereo app and join us. It'll be great. Uh, and then uh, this just was breaking a, a little few minutes ago. Senator Leahy uh, has was hospitalized, has been hospitalized for out of an abundance of caution. He wasn't feeling well. He is the senator who's presiding over the impeachment trial. Uh, it is not Chief Justice John Roberts this time. Uh, and they didn't have any infor- any more information for us, but uh, Dick Durbin has uh, said that Leahy will be back tomorrow, so he appears to be doing okay. So I just wanted to give everyone that update. Yeah. Uh, so we have a lot of news to get to, so let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right, lead story. We have a couple of lead stories today. And the first big one is that Mitch Caved. He rolled over onto his back turtle style because, as you know, he was trying to filibuster the power sharing agreement, the handing of the gavels over to the Democrats who won power in the Senate. Uh, and he, he was saying that uh, I'm going to filibuster your little power sharing agreement and handing the gavels over to you unless you promise in writing that you will not nuke the filibuster wholesale. And Schumer said, F you, bro, I'm not doing that, I'm not making you any promises. And Mitch said, well, fine, then I'm not, you know, blah, blah, blah. and it was just sort of, they were like at an impasse, Right. And then all of a sudden Schumer is being interviewed by Maddow and he's like, I got some tricks, wink, wink, don't worry about it. And then as soon as they're done with that interview that was taped in the afternoon, Maddow comes back on and says, we're breaking into this interview to tell you that Mitch has caved. He has agreed to let the Dems take power in the Senate, which he kind of has to because we won. Well, exactly. <laughs> Without filibustering it. Um and his statement said that he felt comfortable moving forward because two Democratic senators, Manchin and Sinema, had said that they will not uh, vote to nuke the filibuster, and he was good. That was good enough for Mitch, so he didn't require uh, Schumer to to put in writing that he promised not to do it, and uh, and gave, he he gave in and said deal. We'll do the thing. We'll do the, the same uh, power sharing agreement we had in the year 2001 when uh, when we had a 50-50 Senate, which is what Schumer f- proposed in the first place. Right. So what was all this showboating about? And I have some beans. People have been asking me what my beans are. Tell me. Give them to me. Here's what I think. Now, in, you can nuke the filibuster Wholesale maxi, I call it the maxi nuke. No, no one else is calling it that, but I'm calling it the maxi nuke. Just get rid of it, right? The whole any filibuster for any legislation, or you can do mini nukes, like they did when they decided to nuke the filibuster on Supreme Court justice nominations right. or on federal judge nominations, little pinpoint mini nukes. And I think what happened was that cinema and uh mansion were like look i'm not going to nuke the big filibuster but uh you should sit down you should you guys should sit down and work it out like like he was their dad like right i'm just going to need you to sit down and time out and work it out for a minute but i think personally what happened is that cinema and mansion said hey if you do this if you filibuster this we're going to mini nuke your filibuster on the power sharing agreement and We'll vote for that. We won't vote for the
2: larger maxi maxi nuke, but we'll vote for that. And Mitch was like, "Damn it, okay." Uh, the, you know, the, I don't think Cinnamon Mansion would do it for no reason. Like they're still, I think very clear on who Mitch McConnell is, and I can't imagine them just handing him a win without actually getting something out of it. So I would, I would bet that your beans are probably pretty close, or at least somewhere in the somewhere in the area.
0: Yeah, somewhere in the in the bean zone, and uh I also was very interested about Schumer saying that they could they have a lot of different tools in their toolboxes or as as Pelosi says uh, arrows in their quiver and one thing that he brought up is that he could change the rules about budget reconciliation right now if you want to do something through budget re- reconciliation it has it has to do with your bill would have to do with fi- uh, spending and taxes it couldn't exceed 10 years and there's a I think a dollar limit of 1.5 trillion on it And, uh, you know, so there's some rules around what you can use budget reconciliation for, because if you call and and invoke the process of budget reconciliation, you don't need 60 votes. You can't filibuster it. You can do it with a simple majority. And uh, it was interesting because Schumer was like, yeah, well, we were thinking about changing the rules about budget (laughs) reconciliation. So it doesn't have to be about money. Right. Because. As the rules stand right now, you could pass most of the COVID relief uh, the the American Rescue Act, the COVID relief plan with budget reconciliation. The Republicans used it to pack to pass their huge tax scam. Right. Um uh, but you can't use it to pass something like uh the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, right. right? Yeah. But you could change the rules to make it so you could. So it'd be very interesting to see it, it that's sort of kind of effectively getting rid of the filibuster, <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say it too loud, but <clears throat> but Democrats definitely want to preserve the filibuster because we have such a thin margin in the Senate, and historically, we lose seats. We lose seats in the first midterm. If we lose one seat, the Republicans can come in if we nuke the filibuster and say, uh, "We want to give everyone free guns," and here's our legislation, and we wouldn't be able to stop them.
2: Right. I agree. I think it's a little tentative right now. I'm not sure that's what we do. But I like these mini nuke ideas for sure. Yeah, I like
0: the mini nukes. And I also like the the budget reconciliation rule change. And I also love the idea of statehood for Puerto Rico and DC.
2: Absolutely. Puerto Rico may not work in our favor. We've talked about that before. A lot of the times in local elections, they've shown time and time again, they may actually not want it. So that one's interesting. But DC, I think would definitely work in our favor. So Yep, hundred percent. Yeah, all right. Then um, I'll be a little more
0: comfortable. The impeachment uh, uh, started. Well, there was a little hearing on impeachment today in the Senate. They read the articles and they had a little vote because Rand Paul stood up and objected, uh, of course saying he, did. he didn't he didn't think that impeachment after the president leaves office is constitutional, even even though he's wrong and dumb. And uh, they uh, there was a motion to table that, and then they voted on that motion to table. And 45 Republicans voted essentially saying that impeachment after someone leaves office is unconstitutional. And five Republicans sided with all 50 Democrats to move forward with the impeachment trial. Those five are Ben Sass, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski. Um, I'm doing this off at the top of my head. Uh, Toomey, Senator Toomey, and Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney, I
2: was going to say, he's got to be the fifth. it's just interesting, though, because I think that probably also gives us an idea how people are going to vote, which is really unfortunate that they're showing their cards so early on.
0: But Mm -hmm. yeah, and it's going to be hard to get from five, even if all five of them vote yes for conviction, you got to get to 17. So it and and Rand Paul is saying because of this vote, conviction looks dead on arrival. But you know, hey, everybody, 30,000 foot view here. If they vote to convict, they bar him from running from office again. Yay. If they can't and they can't get the votes to convict, Trump starts his own uh, patriot party. They split the party. They split the party. And we get to call him the PP candidate, which, again, (laughs) I can't stop telling that joke. Um, And I won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. PP candidate. Uh, So 30,000-foot view, the Republicans are between a a dildo shop and crematorium here so that's where we're at
2: well this next one uh is is more work from the biden administration biden assigned another group of executive orders one of which is centered around racial equity um racial equity this is basically the racial equity executive order susan rice delivered the information during the now daily white house press conferences which are so lovely (laughs) as the white house domestic policy advisor in the executive order, Biden has committed racial equity in all aspects of government and across all agencies. This should have happened a long time ago. Mm. So Rice said that racial inequities are compounded by the crisis facing us, including, not surprising to anyone, COVID, unemployment. 40% of Black-owned businesses have been forced to close for good And underserved kids are twice as likely to experience food insecurity. Uh, She went on to talk about how tribal economies and healthcare systems have been devastated. Um, it, 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 this is just the pandemic has been very, very difficult, especially this last year, compounding all the previous problems. So in the face of all this, Biden has committed to an equitable and inclusive recovery, um, making historic investments in underserved communities. He ordered a review of policies to address systemic racism across government and says every agency must place equity at the core of their public engagement. His executive order, his equity package includes... This is wonderful. Directing housing and urban development to mitigate racial bias in housing. Do you think Ben Carson's still asleep? Like, has anyone asked him to leave his office yet? <laughs> does Ben Carson know that the administration's changed? That new, that new door he bought, they can't get it open. Oh, my goodness. The other thing the order does is uh, he is directing the Department of Justice not, this is huge, not to renew any contracts with private prisons. As part of the effort to reduce mass incarceration, particularly of black and brown people. That is huge. He's also ch- uh, charged the racial equity task force with the COVID response team to address systemic racism. And we know that the COVID um, pandemic has drastically over affected the black communities, uh, underserved communities, brown communities. It's where a lot of the breakouts are happening Um and finally, finally, we have an administration that is, one, admitting that's the case, and two, doing something about it.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love the barring private prisons. I hope he does it Me for too. ICE facilities. And mm-hmm. I now a lot of people are saying, well, about state prisons, he can't, he doesn't have the authority to do it for state prisons, your governors have to do that. Uh, but he can do it where he can, which is federal prisons. And that is amazing, because just like health care shouldn't be for profit, because it incentivizes people to stay sick so people can make money off of you. Yep. The prison system shouldn't be for profit because it incentivizes a a private industry to incarcerate particularly black and brown people for nonviolent crimes because that makes them money.
2: It's horrifying. It makes me sick. I'm so glad he's doing this finally. Yeah, it's big. And, uh... Uh, I want to talk a a minute about a story I read
0: in the Washington Post, and nobody seems to be talking about this, but it's fucking pissing me off. Um, Basically, and and it seems like news we've already gotten before. They're like, oh, hey, did you all know that, um, you know, that that, uh, the National Guard was sort of kneecapped ahead of the insurrection and they they only allowed the people at the top to give the order to send National Guard troops out? And I was like, yeah, we reported on that a couple of weeks ago because a January 5th memo went out. Um, to Muriel Bowser and then also to the um, Capitol Police and to everyone in the Pentagon and, and the National Guard, top top ranks in the Army saying, hey, if you want National Guard sent out, you have to do it from the Secretary of the Army and the Secretary of Defense, Chris Miller, who's a, you know, a, a Trump ally who was recently, very recently installed in the Pentagon. And Everyone was like, oh, that's, you know, that's weird. Why would you take that away? And, the, and now, two weeks after that reporting has come out, the Pentagon has a response. Chris Miller has a response. And their response is, well, you remember how we responded to the Black Lives Matters protests? And um, everyone was mad at us for that. And so we didn't want to do that again. And so they're blaming Black Lives Matter for their slow response at the insurrection.
2: Which is absolutely insane. That is insanity, I'm so pissed about this
0: it, and, and it, like okay, so you on January fifth changed your the way you respond to protests that's It's such bullshit, I mean this whole thing I just <sighs> it's infuriating, and uh you know we're now just starting to learn about a January fifth meeting that took place mm-hmm. at a Trump hotel between Flynn and some leaders of uh you know some of these uh you know, oath keepers and shit like that. That's going to be really interesting. That's the equivalent of, to me, the June 16th Trump Tower meeting or the June 9th, 2016 Trump Tower meeting. Like, Oh, huh. Y'all met and discussed it ahead. Yep. Mm, Flynn was there. No, a just adoption. Serious of... time on adoption. They were. Yeah. They were just talking about adoptions, not insurrections. I'm sure that's true.
2: Yeah. You know, they were, um, uh, they were talking about adopt a white supremacist. That's what their, their, um, <laughs> their mm. that's what their goal was that time. Oh, can't can I can I continue? <laughs> yeah, but there's some good news here. There is good news. So President Joe Biden, I love calling him that. It is so nice. He called Russian President Vladimir Putin Tuesday afternoon, expressing U.S. objections to a variety of Kremlin actions. That's from the White House press secretary Jen Saki. She said that Tuesday. Um, and I think you say Psaki. I think because you like Psaki. It could be Saki. Some say, some say Psaki. Some say Saki. I like Psaki. But let's go with Saki. I like Saki too, the nice dry cold kind. Okay, Mm. Biden called intending, uh, he called intending to raise concern about a suspected Russian SolarWinds hacking campaign that actually breached the Justice Department's email accounts, Uh, reports of Russian bounties reportedly placed on American troops, as we heard about, and interference in the 2020 election. So what Saki said, the president also intended to raise his concerns about the poisoning of Russian opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, um, and the Kremlin's recent treatment of peaceful protesters demonstrating in support of him. We saw that happen very recently. Biden also intended to support Ukrainian sovereignty and his goal of extending a nuclear arms treaty for five years with Russia. So Biden's agenda for his call with Putin struck a decidedly different tone, of course, than former President <laughs> Donald Trump's <laughs> did, you think? It struck a tone. He, he talked to him. He... <laughs> I know. I bet there was notes. I bet there was notes from the meeting, too. I bet there's even like (laughs) a... We could find those on a server that I, hasn't been hidden. I tweeted out. I was like, you mean he didn't eat the notes after the call?
0: <laughs> oh,
2: my goodness. There was Donald was the subject of significant criticism because he had zero strength when he was talking to Russia. I mean, when you're Putin's puppet, what kind of strength do you have? Um, yeah. And this was especially relative to his broader American first approach to sovereign policy. I'm sorry, to foreign policy. <laughs> What is wrong with me right now? (laughs) Trump routinely attempted to undermine widely accepted evidence about the Kremlin's 2016 election interference, and at one point telling reporters that he would take the Russian president's word over that of U.S. intelligence community. We saw it every single time. Mm -hmm. in fact uh hillary clinton was screaming that long before anything actually happened with the election uh biden has vowed to turn the page from the trump administration on u.s russia relations and take a stronger stance against the kremlin which they need to they are in all of our systems i mean they could easily shut down this country it it, literally they could shut down our grid it is fucking scary yeah
0: yeah it, it is and um and of course, you know Putin's going to blame the U.S. and Biden for these huge protests that are happening right of now in course. Russia. Of uh, course. Uh, and I think that they're going to actually get their their their, their scientists who develop Novichok to develop their COVID nineteen vaccine. So that's fun. Um, <laughs> all righty. Uh, I thought they already had one, didn't they? Come out and say
2: they had one. They called it Sputnik or something. <laughs> I think so. I'm like, not, I'm not touching that. You know? Okay. You, they're like, you All don't right. shoot it in your arm; it goes right into your underwear. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> uh. Oh, and
0: something cool I learned today: the Moderna vaccine wasn't developed by Moderna. So, if anyone says, "Oh, if government fund if you fund government uh, research, it it you know it discourages the private industry from coming up with new stuff." Well, you know what? It was the fucking United States government scientists at NIH who developed the Moderna vaccine. Moderna just replicated it and sold it and distributed it. So.
2: Ah, that is nice to hear. I did not know that, so thank you.
0: Yeah, I learned that by when I watched Kamala Harris get her second dose today. Lovely. Mm. And the second gentleman, too. Hi, second gentleman. Now, I am so with you on this Putin thing. It is quite a different tone. And coming up next. uh, This is cool. I'm going to talk to CNN legal analyst Ellie Honig about Trump's impeachment defense, of which there's really none. Um, The Department of Justice walking back its consideration to not charge some of the insurrectionists and what charges of sedition conspiracy look like, how that mechanically works. And we got some details about the temporary restraining order on Joe Biden's executive order that halted deportations. So, we'll do all that with ellie honig right after this message stay with us hey everybody it's ag what's your favorite thing to do in your free time for me it's the post office whoa buddy I'm just kidding. No, I do not want to spend my free time at the post office. That is why I use Stamps.com. Stamps.com allows you to mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from home, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, stay home, don't go out into crowded spaces. It's a lot safer, and you pay a lot less with discount rates from USPS and UPS and more. Stamps.com has saved businesses Thousands of hours and tons of money. With stamps.com, you get services of the post office and the UPS all in one place, plus big discounts on mailing and shipping rates. I love their service. I use stamps.com, and it's been so smooth and easy and efficient. I absolutely love it. Uh, It's it's a must-have for any business, whether you're a small office sending out invoices, an online seller shipping out orders, or even a giant warehouse sending thousands of packages a day. Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24/7 for any letter, any package. Any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts up to 40% off post office rates and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, save you time and money. It's no wonder nearly 1 million small businesses already use Stamps.com. So stop wasting time going to the post office and go to Stamps.com instead. There is no risk, and with the promo code DAILYBEANS, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in Daily Beans. That is Stamps.com, promo code Daily Beans. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Joining me now, CNN legal analyst, good friend of ours, and former federal and state prosecutor, Ellie Honig. Ellie, how
1: are you? Good. I always like it when you introduce me as a friend of ours. It, it brings me back to my mafia prosecution days. I'm a friend, not <laughs> <laughs> a friend of ours.
0: <laughs> this thing we do, this thing of ours. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Lucosa <laughs> La pod, Podcast. Um, <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk to you today about impeachment, the impeachment defense. Now, first of all, it looks like Trump's having a hard time getting a lawyer.
1: He, he's he got these South Carolina lawyers lined up who, who you know, one of them is a former federal prosecutor, which usually means the person's got some chops, although I guess Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani are both former federal prosecutors. So I'll, I'll withhold judgment until we see this person in action. But I, I will assume the best. Um, yeah, look, normally it's seen as a capstone of an attorney's career to represent a president in an impeachment. When I first started working at a law firm in Washington, D.C., a bunch of the attorneys there had just a couple of years before been Bill Clinton's impeachment lawyers. And that was the, the a crowning achievement. But it seems like that's no longer quite the case. Mm.
0: Yeah, it doesn't it wouldn't appear so. Um, and and let's talk about this impeachment defense. I think Rand Paul sort of tried to tee it up today mm-hmm. by, uh, you know, uh, introducing a, I guess it was a, a motion or a point of order, something procedural to say that that the impeachment trial in its in its entirety is unconstitutional because the because Trump is no longer president. Um, And then Schumer made a really good case that there's tons of precedent here. Can you tell us like how this even how conceivably 45 Republicans will talk about the vote, too, but would 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 side with him on this?
1: Yeah. So I think what's happening here is the Republicans are taking advantage of the fact that we don't have a definitive 100% answer. The Supreme Court has never said whether you can or cannot try a former official. It doesn't explicitly say so in the Constitution. But I think by any Logical reading of the Constitution, looking at our precedent, you can try a former official. Several Republicans have said you can. I mean, not only in the rational sense of a, that, that Mitt Romney has said you can, or others, a few others, but in the sense that um, the irrational sense that people like Matt Gates were calling in the past for impeachment of Barack Obama at years after the fact. I mean, there's a tweet from Matt Gates a couple of years ago saying, "By the way, you can impeach a former president." Hmm. But I, I think, look, that's the better of the legal arguments, but I think by a good amount when you. We've done it before, not with the president, but with another federal official. Um, And of course, of course, you have to be able to impeach someone after they're gone. What if they go crazy in the final couple days? I just saw Doug Brinkley, who's a really, uh, you know, super uh, well read and accomplished historian on air, made a good point. He said, what if what if the president just in his final days issues a pardon order and empties the jails, lets everyone out? You know, what if the president? just does something completely outrageous in his final days, which is really what we saw. It can't mean that it's just a free ride. Um, so now, but here's the, here's the trick. What this is, is a golden off ramp for Republicans who want to be able to say, who, who know that they're going to someday need to go back to their constituencies and some percentage of their constituencies, maybe it's not 50%, maybe it's 35%, but some big percentage is going to say, how on earth Could you vote no? And what they'll be able to say now is, oh, no, no, I I wasn't at all saying it was okay what the president did. I was just basing it on this constitutional sort of procedural question. So it gives them a way out um, without ever having to take on the actual issue.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And that makes me wonder if, in fact, that, uh, you know, only five Republicans joined the Democrats, all 50 Democrats on this vote to continue forward Mm -hmm. with the trial. But, it, you know, it makes me wonder if, if, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell, first of all, a lot of people are saying that this will signal that he won't want to vote to convict. But, I, you know, there there's, I think, a lot more nuance going on here. First of all, he would have to be then going against his, you know, uh, pal, his Kentucky senator. Um, and and that mm-hmm. doesn't seem likely. And like you said, it could just be him offering an off ramp. I don't know that it's necessarily means that he won't convict. But it seems like that's a big deficit to make up uh, to, to, to try to get 17 Republicans to vote to convict.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, they're 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 12 short assuming these 5 vote to convict um and it is there's a way to thread a needle and say well i voted um in favor of rahan paul's motion today but that doesn't mean i'm not you know that doesn't mean i'm not going to vote to convict i mean i guess you could say this was a procedural motion or the vote was really just do we hear this motion now but it definitely is a a pretty strong indicator of that that at least those 45 republicans are inclined to take that off ramp um but you know I completely reject this view of, well, what's the point if there's not going to be a conviction? I mean, the point is making a record. The point is the Constitution. The point is accountability. So you don't just drop it because, oh, I don't know, it's unlikely. Well, you know, it's unlikely from the House manager's point of view. It's unlikely we'll win. So why would we go through with it? You go through with it because it's your job.
0: Yeah. And it's kind of hard to find a, a, a more severe Example, you know, like you were. A lot yeah. of people are saying, you know, what if he shot somebody on Fifth Avenue and then just resigned, so he wouldn't have to face any consequences? But I mean, you know, there it's harder to find an example that is bigger than what happened. What you know, he incited an insurrection, and and we're living in that. Like that 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 sort of hypothetical that you would use to be like, wouldn't that be ridiculous? Is actually what what happened, and and I I feel like. This sort of, you know, if if they let him off the hook this time, uh, you know, couple that with what happened with the emoluments uh, cases in the Supreme Court, which did become moot because Trump successfully ran out the clock. It's like, why do we even have an emoluments clause? Why do we even have an impeachment remedy if they're completely useless in a in a in a in a, in a situation where the president incited an insurrection?
1: And, and when you think back for perspective if you think back just to the last couple of impeachments, I mean, the, the Andrew Johnson one was so long ago and so sort of arcane, but let's think about where the bar is for impeachment here. I mean, you've got, I think of one extreme Bill Clinton lying under oath about an affair. Um, and then, but even if you compare, I think everyone would agree sort of more serious than that is the Ukraine scandal last year. And then if you had to peg this one, I mean, it's way above both of those. And I think Ukraine was already over the line of what's impeachable. So if this if this ends up with an acquittal, I think you're right. Anyone's right to wonder what is impeachable. If this is not impeachable, what on earth would be? I mean, you know, it's when you when you even read about things like insurrection, you're thinking back to centuries ago, you're thinking back to the Civil War, maybe Harper's Ferry. But I mean, it happened. It happened on January 6th of 2021. It's it's unbelievable. And it's it's exactly what impeachment exists for.
0: Yeah. And I'm worried because I don't know how to, you know, how do we go forward to reform these things, to make them actually functional parts of of the government? It just seems it's, you know, it's we'll see how we go forward from here, but it seems a little disheartening.
1: Yeah. The, the problem is it's whack-a-mole, but also where every whack that you're taking at a mole is a long process. You can't just snap your fingers and say, "Let's fix this law. Let's let's amend the Constitution." I mean, all of those things take months, years, and so um, it, it's like you said, this president or this former president, Donald Trump, has gotten away with a lot by just running out the clock or just sort of exploiting those gray areas. Yeah,
0: and I also wanted to ask you about uh, a federal judge who has uh, slapped a, a temporary restraining order on one of Biden's, President Biden's. Uh, executive orders. I do have to take a quick break, though. Will you you stick with me for a minute? Of course. All right. We'll be right back. Hey, Daily Beans listeners, it's A.G. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by American Giant. Back in the 60s, 95% of our clothes were made here in the United States, and today only 3% are. So that's kind of a huge difference. All of our clothes are made overseas. They seem a little more disposable. They're not as well made. But that is why we need to start thinking about buying things made here in the United States. At American Giant, they want to make things better by making better things. They have built a 100% USA-based supply chain with strong relationships to factories, workers, and communities at every step of the way. And it's not the cheapest, but it makes for a better sweatshirt. And it's better for our people and for the planet. Because American Giant makes clothing that's durable and not disposable. Clothes that are meant to be used more, so you need fewer of them. Their clothes are made to be worn and kept longer. They're built to last so they don't end up in landfills. I recently got their Women's Blizzard full zip. I absolutely love it. It's got full weatherproof nylon shell for warmth. It kept me warm. It's it's actually been close to 40 degrees here in San Diego. I know you're laughing at me. But it's cold for me, and this was so well made and comfy and snugly, and it kept me warm. And it's manufactured here in the United States, supporting local communities. So check out American Giant. Get the best, most high-quality clothes on the market and get 15% off your first order when you use promo code DAILYBEANS at american com. That's 15% off when you use code DAILYBEANS at american com. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to former federal and state prosecutor, CNN legal analyst Ellie Honig. And Ellie, before the break, I I was uh, talking a little bit about some news that just sort of broke just a little while ago that I'm so used to to restraining orders being slapped on President Trump's uh, (laughs) executive orders. This one is uh, uh, we're just a week in and now there is a restraining order on one of Biden's uh, President Biden's uh, executive orders. Can you tell us what that executive order is and what the restraining order is for?
1: The executive order put a pause on deportations. The court ruling put a pause on the executive order. So it's a pause on the pause. The The bottom line here, though, is that presidents have a lot of authority to issue executive order. Um, and, and Donald Trump issued a lot of them. Joe Biden has already issued a lot of them. But they don't have unlimited powers, and courts will, we saw it happen several times to President Trump, step in and either block them temporarily or strike them down altogether. All that you have to show as the president is that your your action was not what's called arbitrary and capricious, meaning you had some basic premise, some basic process for it. Now, if you think back to the DACA ruling, the, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, the Dreamers, that was an executive action by Barack Obama. Donald Trump comes in and says, "I want to undo it," and the Supreme Court says, "Mm, "Not quite. You have broad authority here, but you have to show that you thought it through in a reasonable way, and that you have some minimally legitimate policy goal, and you have not done that here." So, you know, this will go up through. This is only a temporary hold in the district court, so there's still more to come from the district court. It'll be appealed probably to the Court of Appeals, and then potentially to the Supreme Court, but. These executive orders that Joe Biden, President Biden is issuing now, they're going to be challenged. Some of them are going to be challenged in court for sure.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if you think that uh, his this executive order was capricious or, or wasn't well thought through.
1: It's hard to say. I mean, I would need to know about what the what the record was, what the evidentiary record was. I mean, look, he issued it pretty darn quick. Right. So he's going to have to show that he did his due diligence in a matter of a couple days, not to say that that's impossible Um, But I think another argument President Biden will have is this was just a temporary hold. Like I was putting it on hold while I studied the issue. So um, we're going to end up in sort of federal courts land here. Um, I think this one will be a close call.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, because (laughs) you have to take time to assess. And in order to save lives while you're doing that. Right. Et cetera. And I I believe that the the Texas attorney general, who is under indictment, uh, actually (laughs) filed this Uh, And the reason was the reason that he used was that apparently when when Trump, uh, you know, made these uh, policies that Texas had some sort of a caveat that if they were going to change, they had to be consulted. Is that even legal?
1: (laughs) I don't know how you enforce that. I don't know how that ultimately passes muster. That one's a head scratcher to me. By the way, this attorney general Paxton not only is he under indictment, He's also the guy who was leading um, the—it seems like forever ago, but it was only a month or so ago—the doomed last uh, sort of pickets charge into the Supreme Court on the election interference, right? He was the one who brought the suit challenging four states' election results and got thrown out. So um, this guy's not exactly a legal scholar.
0: No, and and, and that might be— one of my you know, um, arguments would be, hey, Texas isn't allowed to require consulting from the federal government on federal government decisions. But we'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. Might not even get to that kind of uh, into the weeds, um, but we'll see. Yep. And then uh, finally, a D.C. U.S. attorney has come out and said um, that uh, they are now working on sedition charges, and they've, they've talked a lot about this sort of leading up to this, saying, hey, we're we're just charging them, they said, you know, the insurrectionists with, uh, you know, violent entry and, like, smaller things to get them, and then we're working to build cases on heavier charges, and now they are saying they are going to probably bring... Um, sedition conspiracy charges. And they've also seemingly walked back, I guess, a couple of days ago, a story came out that Department of Justice was considering not charging some of the insurrectionists. But now it seems like they're saying we're going to charge everyone with at least a
1: misdemeanor. Yeah. So the latter decision is is smart. And I, and I did see that sort of uh, that reporting that they might not charge everybody. I mean, come on, you're the Justice Department. Do your job. And, and I know there's a lot of people, but the Justice Department charges 80,000 people a year. You, you can find the resources to charge these 500,000, however many went into the Capitol building. It's important enough. It's worth it. Um, look, it's good that they're exploring the possibility of some of the more dramatic charges. Sedition is an interesting term because it carries with it this sort of dramatic um, connotation that it, involve, it must involve overthrowing the government or something like that. It can involve that. But if you actually look at the federal criminal law, it also can be much more sort of um, every t- much more routine, it, c- it includes an effort to take over or occupy a federal building without authorization. I mean, that in itself is sedition. It sounds super dramatic. There are more dramatic v- variations of sedition, but if you can prove that much, then you can justify a sedition charge.
0: And uh, I I do know that they weren't looking at putting charges together for any of the people who incited the riot, Giuliani, Donald Trump, uh, Don Jr. Uh, but a question, legal question for you. Can that, can the DOJ change its mind when a, say, new attorney general takes over?
1: Absolutely. I mean, A, they can just sort of overrule the D.C. U.S. attorney and say, we are looking at this B, they can appoint a special counsel to look at this, or C, they could just take it in at main justice and say, we're we're going to look at this. So, yeah, I mean, look, ultimately, this is a decision that needs to be made by the new leadership of DOJ, um, a, a Attorney General nominee Merrick Garland and his other top brass. It, it's, it's obviously an enormously important decision, and, and it's not the kind of thing that they can just bury their head in the sand and go, oh, well, the local U.S. attorney decided he didn't he wasn't interested. What are we going to do? Our hands are tied. No, you're the attorney general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I would speculate, too, that since he specifically mentioned the insurrection and the attack on the Capitol on January 6th in his comments when he was nominated, I, I think he might be leaning towards looking
1: into it. Yeah. Uh, it'll be one <laughs> of the first major tests for this new DOJ slate of leaders.
0: Yeah. And we'll be watching it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time explaining all this uh, to us today. Tell everyone where they
1: can find you and follow you. I am the only Ellie Honig, although that's not the tag. The tag is just Ellie Honig. I'm not like Ellie Honig underscore four or anything, E-L-I-E-H-O-N-I-G. I'm on Twitter. My book is up on Amazon.com. It doesn't come out till July, but order it. It's about the damage that Bill Barr did to the Justice Department in his two years as Attorney General and has a lot of cool behind-the-scenes SDNY war stories, which I'm sure you'll enjoy. So uh, there you go. There's my plugs.
0: All right. Thanks. I appreciate it so much, Uh, Ellie Honig. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, AJ. All right, everybody stick around. We'll be back with the good news. Hey everybody, it's AG. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Helix Sleep. You've heard me rave about this mattress. It's the most comfortable mattress I've ever slept on. And you know Joelle and Amanda love theirs. Jordan loves hers. And you know, I had trouble sleeping in the last four years. I thought it was due to just the, you know, the orange menace in the White House and all the anxiety from the news. But it turned out I also had a mattress that wasn't built for me. It was a trash mattress. But Helix Sleep has solved all of my problems. They know that you're unique and they customize a mattress to fit you in the way you sleep the best. Helix Sleep created a sleep quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and they use the answers to match your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. So if you like a mattress that's plush or firm or if you sleep on your belly or your back or your side or if you sleep really hot like I do, with Helix there's a specific mattress for each and everyone's unique taste. Uh, I was matched with the Helix Midnight because I like a medium firm bed and I sleep on my side so it's perfect for me. But don't take my word for it or Mandy or Jordan's. Uh, Helix was actually awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2019 and then again in 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. So just go to helixsleep.com slash Daily Beans. Take their 2-minute sleep quiz and they'll match you to the customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll pick it up for you if you don't love it. There's no risk here, but you will love it. You you don't want them to come and take it away. Uh so Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders for our listeners at helixsleep.com/dailybeans. That's helix h e l i x sleep.com/dailybeans for up to $200 off. Well, we're- All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news, and I am joined, as always, by the intrepid Dana
2: Goldberg. I'm here for you and your good news pleasure. I've got my good news of my own. My mom got her second shot, and she's fully vaccinated. Hell
0: yeah, and Biden said today we would have 300 million American adults inoculated by the end of summertime. woo
2: ooh, ooh. We should definitely not start a band, but I'm enjoying this. Hey, I think we're good at singing.
0: Okay. (laughs) Now, if you have some good news you want to contribute, you just send it in. You have confessions, pod pet pics, whatever you want to send to us, the palate cleanser at the end of the show. Do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Uh, I'm going to kick us off with a submission from Philip, pronouns he and him. Dear A.G. and D.G., I have good news. But first, I want to thank you both for the amazing laugh. The disgust in your voices as you (laughs) talked about Joe Manchin not wanting to touch the filibuster made me pause the podcast so I didn't miss anything while laughing. (laughs) Eleven years ago, then-Governor Joe Manchin was the commencement speaker at my graduation for my master's in criminal justice. Okay, that's irony. I was about to leave the state for a doctoral program because West Virginia did not then, nor does it now, have a doctoral program in either criminal justice or criminology in any of the state's universities. I remember five things distinctly about his speech (laughs) and one about how someone reacted to it. The things I remember from his speech are the mind disaster he brought up multiple times, how business was good, that we needed to stop the brain drain, saying we should vote for him without outright saying it, and that the speech itself went on seemingly forever. I did leave the state. I did attain my PhD in criminology in 2015. I wanted to move back, but there were no jobs. This is a common story with people who grew up in the state and pursue post-secondary education. Anyhow, the other thing I remember from that day was sitting next to me was another graduate. Her fiancé continued to text her throughout, eventually culminating in, Will this guy ever shut the fuck up? So between all your disgust, that memory, and news of Manchin's position, all I could do was laugh and say out loud, of course he wouldn't want to get rid of anything that would let him talk to a captive audience. (laughs) (laughs) Now for my good news. My mother just called an hour ago. Her voice was filled with emotion. Every time in the past 14 months when she's been on the verge of tears when calling, someone has died and my stomach filled with icy dread. Until she almost yelled into the phone with excitement, we've got the appointment for the first vaccine shot. It's like we won the lottery. It's a relief on so many levels. Both my parents are in their 60s and have multiple comorbidities that place them in a high-risk situation. Mom continued to tell me that her friends, who also signed up on the the wait list, haven't gotten a call yet, so I'm even more grateful and relieved to hear that my parents will be getting their first shot soon. Sadly, I have no pets for pet tax, but in the unlikely event, this gets read. Can you please tell my students? Remember, Ranger Bear says to wash your paws. He's our university mascot, and I've been signing off every video lecture using him to remind people to keep up the hand washing. Thank you for all you do. This show is an island of sanity in the middle of chaos. It truly makes a difference in so many of our lives, and I hope both of you stay safe and healthy, and that all my fellow listeners do as well. Oh, thank that. you so much, Philip. That was really, really, thank you.
2: I'm touched. It really was. Wash your paws. Wash your paws. This good news comes from Ryan, pronouns he and him. Hello, Beans team. This good newsletter starts in reference to your recent podcast conversation with Charlotte Clymer. My military service is also marred with complex feelings, and it was refreshing to hear veterans speak candidly about their time in service without the toxic masculinity spin. I think we all need the space to speak freely about our various experiences in the military without the implication that we all have to be war heroes. I did serve in combat and saw my share of lives lost, seeing people like Tom Cotton, Will willfully lie about their service feels like spitting in the face of those I know and those who died. If I can be honest about serving with Robert Bales, a now notorious war criminal, people like Tom Cotton should be honest about their service as well. Though my life post-service has been far from easy, I'm proud to say that I, along with a group of amazing friends, have recently started a nonprofit called called X for Social Movement, an organization that focuses on helping the people of Los Angeles and helping typically underrepresented artists find work. Fantastic. I want to thank you specifically, A.G., your fortitude in the face of governmental powers and having the drive to make your podcast has been an inspiration to me. I hope you heard that clearly, Allison. Mm. Uh, I have no pets, so for a pet pet tax, I've included a picture of our amazing chief of administration, Elise Whitestock, uh, cat Rocco. <laughs> so that's Elise's cat Rocco. Keep doing what you do.
0: Oh, look at Rocco yawn.
2: oh Rocco is a big
0: kitty that is a chonker he looks so soft I want to pet him thank you for the kind words Ryan I appreciate that and thanks for your service too I I appreciate that as well um next up from Renee I'm gonna take the next two here Renee pronoun she and her yeah no I'm taking the next two Dana and I don't want to hear anything you know what Alice
2: fine you know what just do it just take the next two from renee the next two are super short you can have them (laughs) (laughs) pronouns she and
0: her correction from renee hello beans queens love the show but listening since the muller days i have a correction lady gaga was wearing the dove pin on inauguration day it had a little olive branch in its beak it does kind of resemble resemble the sailor jerry style swallows though yeah yeah the swallows go upside down and this was a dove going up with the olive branch.
2: this is the hunger games pin okay also you're like okay i've never seen it did you swatch watch the hunger games (laughs) no Oh, that's what this pin... Okay. Yeah, it's the Hunger Games pin. Okay. Oh, all oh, we're right. We're just going to keep moving on. It's the next one. Yeah. yours. <laughs> yes. <laughs> From Art, pronouns he and him.
0: Some random good news. The weather in Southern California forced me to go deep into my closet to search for my one thick coat. Once I got it on, I found $11 and a portable hard drive I thought I'd lost. It has recordings of some local music gigs I ran the board for. The recordings are terrible, but it's nice to remember some of those times. Sorry, no pet tax at this time. Thanks for all you do. Art, you
2: could have stretched that a little bit for me. That was hilarious. I feel like there could be, like, there's more of a story. You want to take the, you want to take this next one? I'll take the last one. This one's super short, too. (laughs) Okay,
0: yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think it's
2: really funny that on a day where you had to pick up your sweet baby from the bed, like, half of these people are like, no pictures it's kismet i swear they're keeping kinda... you
0: sane. they're keeping you sane. they knew we're all on the same page but i do want to see some some pod pet pics maybe we'll get some in this next one from mike they're on their way oh good pronouns he and him the neighbor finally finished up whatever renovations they were doing on their place for the past three months i felt like i was going to explode it seemed like there was hammering or drilling or some machinery some shit going on every morning since halloween it's been quiet for the last two days though that mixed with the calm I'm getting from a lack of 45 related news is just so nice. As the pet tax. Ah oh, yay, please enjoy my two gals, Sasha the Pitbull, Boxer Mix, and Kevin the Tabby. Just chilling, enjoying the quiet.
2: This is the second cat named Kevin that I've met, and the Kevin I know is just hilarious. He got busted giving <laughs> the dog food off the counter. Oh. I just think it's funny that people have named their cats Kevin. I had a cat named Kevin Fuck. Oh, there you go.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I do want to say I did also appreciate the cat photo from uh, that uh, Ryan sent in. of It wasn't his, but, you know. For sure. Anyway.
2: Absolutely. So for those of you listening, uh, there was an edit. I'm being verbally abused by AG. Um, and we're back to good news. I'm leaving that in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this last one's from Hai Ting pronouns she and her. Hello, Legumanani, Suprema, Jesus H, Suprema me. <laughs> right Dang. yes yeah. and it's because i yeah. can't say the word supremacy okay hello leguminati supremacy me i'm a classical singer and as you know the performing arts were devastated by the pandemic especially when the performing uh involves singing singers are viral oh, yeah. super spreaders because of all of the heavy breathing with our mouths wide open um, yes. One of the best gigs of my life was scheduled for, oh man, one of the best gigs of my life was scheduled to premiere in Mar- uh, May, 2020. I know this all sounds like bad news, but the good news is that the concert in question was transformed into a digital show yeah. and it's premiering tomorrow. Awesome. Wednesday, oh. January 27th. It is called Astronautica, Voices of Women in Space, and uses the words of women astronauts turned into songs by women composers and sung by women's trio, of which I am one-third. What the hell? Let's do this. This is incredible. The the videos use imagery from NASA and video that we took during COVID safe retreat over the summer. I'm so proud of this thing, and I think your listeners might be interested. I know there's one cousin of astronaut Joe uh, Akaba, Akaba. Akaba among your listeners. I love that everyone knows so much about each other. The inspiring words of women who have flown into space and seen our small fragile planet from outside the life sustaining atmosphere are just perfect for this time. Here's a link in which will be in the newsletter if anyone wants to join us Wednesday. Um I'm assuming will this be out in time?
0: No, it won't be out in time for the newsletter but you can just say it's it. voicesofascension.org voicesofascension.org slash astronautica N-A-U-T-I-C-A. Astronautica.
2: Thank you very, very much. And if anyone can afford the 15 if anyone cannot afford the $15 tickets, the show will be available later at some point for free. That is very, very nice of you. Uh, your show and your wonderful voices have helped keep me sane through all this insanity. I hope someday I can watch A G and DG and Dana live. I'm just call myself DG. Um perhaps even breathing heavily and spitting just a little. You know what? Absolutely I hope that we do. Look at this third photo. Look at these beautiful women. That's amazing. My goodness. I was
0: just going to say, look at these beautiful women in space. Spacey. Well, they're not in space, but they have the space behind them. Yes. And, oh, an 11-inch cat. Yeah, I love that cat. Where's that front? Is,
2: I, is this part of I tried to move away from post? the mic just now. I hope I didn't come in hot. But that is hysterical <laughs> that there is a tape measure. This cat is, I would say, even a foot. It's a foot cat. It's a foot long cat. That's not very
0: big. Are you trying to tell me? Hmm. <laughs> I'm I don't I don't know that this is necessarily part I don't know that this photo is part of this particular post.
2: Okay. Even if it's not, the fact that you don't think a foot long cat I guess it's not that big. Every guy looking at this is like that cat's fucking huge. Uh- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because you showed it to me twice doesn't make it ten inches, That's Brian. Hilarious uh yeah no this is it's a it's a photo of a tabby cat uh, and and somebody's measuring it um okay i don't know that that's again i don't think that's part of this post but i love it and we'll include it in the newsletter
2: i love it too and you're right we just have a random cat so if anyone can claim the 12 inch cat we'd like to put out a a bulletin
0: (laughs) i asked for a 12 inch pianist (laughs) uh okay just punchlines all day um uh, that's the show and so we will see you friday at 2 dana and i will on the stereo yeah. app we're going to also for patrons have our f- our 5 p.m pacific 2 p.m pacific for the pa- uh, for the stereo app and then 5 p.m pacific zoom call for patrons you if you you'll only get that link if you're uh, a patron we'll email that to the patrons and put it on our patreon If you want to become a patron or you want to sign up to see if you can get a donated one year subscription uh, to ad free episodes you can do that too at dailybeanspod.com and uh, that's it anything before we get out of here
2: no no i have nothing more to say i really think i should stop talking and go have an adult beverage Mm, i'm gonna join you uh
0: virtually of course yes uh and uh everyone until tomorrow please take care of yourselves take care of each other take care of your mental health and take care of the planet i've been ag
2: and i've been dg
0: and them's the beans